Hey everybody, Nick here with All The Nopes. Just a quick announcement before we start today's episode. So going forward, Luna and I are going to be splitting up our episodes instead of doing the double feature. So basically all this means is you are going to get my true crime episode on Tuesday and her paranormal episodes on Thursday. And the reason we're doing this is so that you guys can listen to two separate like one-ish hour episodes instead of a full three-hour episode. You will still be getting the same amount of content. It's just going to be split up into two separate episodes. So without further ado, let's get into something spooky. We love you. Bye. Want to hear something scary? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. No! God, please, no, no! 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 No, it's not a good thing. The man was in a tunnel, was in a field, and there was a poor innocent little snake just like in the middle. And he's like, I can't walk past this snake. Little doggy, you gotta come get him. And his dog came running down the, the, the path and he picked up the snake in his mouth and he shook it and flung it all the way over. Oh, wow. Well, I mean. <laughs> Poor thing wasn't doing anything. No, I guess not. But sounds like a pretty good dog. Kind of. No, that dog would be punished. Oh, my God. Okay. That dog would not sleep in the bed that night. <laughs> not if you're its owner. No. Absolutely not. Himsa, man. Himsa. Yep. Gotta go with the himsa. Are we ready? Do you remember what a himsa means? Yeah, it means take no shit, but give no No, no, not at all. <laughs> a himsa's no harm. Yeah, that's the one. That, that's the same same. They're difference. not the same at Take all. no shit, but no. give no fucks. No. Is that what the saying no. is? No. All right. Well, welcome to All the Nopes. We are a true crime and paranormal podcast where each week, uh, I, well, I always forget to introduce ourselves. That's before okay. I go I'll right introduce. Into it. Okay, Hello, you introduce everybody. everybody. I am Luna, your paranormal spooky ooky host, and I am joined by my lovely Mixing husband. We are. How does it feel to go second? Well, hold on. Let me introduce you first. Okay. My lovely husband, Nicholas, Hello. also known as Nick. Yeah, I go and by he, Nick. And he, my friends Nick. call me Nick. My <laughs> wife calls me Nick. You guys can call me Nick. I'm your true crime host. Nick. Yes. Nick. This is going really well. Episode five. Woo! High five. Oh, Episode... You're way over there. Good job. Episode that was... five. I know. That I'm was excited. like a finger five. Um, well, actually, I have some announcements from our previous episode. So somebody sent us a correction on something Ooh. that... Yeah, which Who is... Who wants to correct us? Okay. So it's not a correction on like a case or a paranormal thing. Okay. I get them. But... Just um, an account on Instagram, September's Sapphire X. Um, she commented on one of our posts saying, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I think the Jonas Brothers covered the song Year 3000 because mm. it's actually by the band named Busted. So did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Uh, do you want to see what the band but Busted looks like? I think that's showing my age, do I you guess. Wanna, do you want to see Busted? Um, sure. Show me you busted. You can see if you prefer them or the Joe Bros. Uh, I'm going to go with the Joe Bros. The busted, <laughs> busted looks like... They it's look the... like real quintessential 90s. Yes, that's what I was going Because to one say. of them's got uh, dyed blonde hair just on one side. I wonder how it sounds. I don't know. I don't know how it sounds, but I know that... No, you can't, you can't play it. Here, I've, I'll, I'll just read a part of... part Because... 
Busted is a punk band, right? Yeah. And so their original, what did you think of them? They look pretty cute. I mean, they definitely look like out of the 90s. Like when Justin Timberlake had his hair dyed with the with the blonde bleach spikes. Yeah. Picture that, but times three. Sort of like that. Yeah. But um, apparently uh, they their punk version had to be changed because it wasn't as like PG as the Jonas Brothers needed oh. it to be. So some of the lyrics that they had to change were triple-breasted women swim around oh. town totally naked. Okay. And they changed it in the Jonas Brothers songs to girls there with round hair like Star Wars float above the floor. Okay, well, based on that one sentence alone, I'm going to say I like the Jonas Brothers no way. a little bit better. I think better. the busted one was probably way better. No. Oh, and I actually have some... I have an update for you and like true crime stuff that's going on right now What related to um, TikTok. So apparently, you're giving me a face. Because I'm confused. Yeah. So apparently. This is um, my confused face. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently there was a, there's this app, right? Or this website called Mm -hmm. uh, Randonauts, I believe is what it's called. Okay. And what you do is like, I guess you sort of set an intention. You're supposed to focus on something and it's supposed to randomly generate a number for you that is supposed to be like coordinate somewhere nearby. So uh, from, from my understanding of it, it's sort of like geocaching, but instead of somebody putting a specific thing in a specific place and then leaving you the coordinates coordinates to go find it. Mm-hmm. It's literally just a program that's saying like, do you want to go to like a dense energy cluster or like a void energy cluster or whatever? And it what just, do you mean by energy cluster? That I have no idea. I don't know if it's based on like how many like i don't know if it's like a population based thing mm. or whatever but okay. anyways good description of this app <laughs> these i don't understand it it's basically <laughs> geocaching for random okay. coordinates so you okay. punch in you say like an intention like i want to go i want to feel some something spooky or happy or whatever okay and then like some people just punch the coordinates into google maps and okay. it will it'll show you where you know it is or whatever but other people actually go out and investigate the area that that is supposed to you know investigate the area that the coordinates are like laying out for you okay so there were these teenagers who were tiktoking their adventure going to look for the coordinates that they punched punched into in that, app. To, that they got out of the randonauts app yeah and they happened upon like a pier and at the pier they found a suitcase like sort of like chilling out in the rocks beneath the pier mm-hmm. and of course their teenagers like "Ooh, maybe it's like gold or money or something and they opened it up and they said that there was like <gasps> a crazy overwhelming smell and you can see all this it's on tiktok it's like viral what? on reddit and shit so they opened it up there was a crazy smell and like bags inside and so they called the police and now i think it's in seattle there is an investigation going on because they found multiple suitcases with dismembered body parts <gasps> in them. What? Yep. I'm doing uh, Seattle. I'm Googling Seattle, Seattle TikTok, TikTok, TikTok suitcase. Yep. <gasps> Viral TikTok video stokes interest in Seattle human remains yep. investigation. How about that, Luna? What? I need to watch this TikTok. Oh, Mr. I don't go on TikTok. I don't go on TikTok. I found it on Reddit. And Reddit linked me oh, to the TikTok uh, where's, video. Where's, where's, I want to see the video. Okay. I don't know if you're going to. We were joking that maybe the suitcase would have money. Yep. 
So this girl's climbing down into the rocks. Yeah. They're having a girl do it. Of the course. Guys the guys are videotaping. They're, they're going to send the girls to go do it. Trash bags. As soon as she yep. opened it, the smell was overwhelming. It's literally just filled with the black trash bag. Yep. And then there's just a bunch of police lining By the streets By this point, and we're stuff. getting a little scared yeah. and nervous. So they had to leave, and apparently it washed out because the tide came in. And so divers had to go searching for it, and they found multiple other suitcases. So now there's, like, this case going on, investigation. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that happened a couple of days ago. And when I found it on Reddit, I was like, oh, I have to tell Luna about this. But I, I had to wait because I figured it was going to kind of blow your mind. Wow. And it actually kind of. Nothing like that ever happens to me. I don't think you would want anything oh, like that cry. to ever happen to you. But, but it just would be a fun little cocktail story. What the heck is wrong with I you? <laughs> Why do you want. You want a human skull. I said I just. If you found the human remains, you'd ask the cops for it back after oh. they. We're done with it. Was it. A skull. And okay. Luna, you gotta check your priorities, girl. <laughs> I love you, but like I just want a cool collection. Okay. Well And to so, have cool stories. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, that story really kind of like goes with the story that I am covering no. this week. Are there suitcases involved? There are suitcases no. involved. Yeah. And dismembered body parts. Perfect. So, My favorite. So now that I've primed you with TikTok and something that you're a little more familiar with and a little bit more okay with. Well, keep us up to date. Hold on real quick. Keep us up oh, to yeah, date absolutely. on what you find if, out. If and... there's any more information that's revealed about what's going yeah. on with this whole investigation or whatever, I will keep you posted. Or on... we'll post it on our story or absolutely. something. I need to know. And I'll probably end up maybe posting something about that TikTok on our website. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, um, that's some crazy stuff right off the bat. So yeah. it ties into your story? And it ties into my story. Not so much so because my story, again, we're back in like the 1800s. I don't know why I'm just digging the 1800s yeah, yeah. lately. I got to get out of it. And next week I plan well, on I doing like a big serial killer from like the 70s. So mm -hmm. probably, I don't know, maybe Jeffrey Dahmer. He's, he's like my favorite story. But like. Uh, you know Ted Bundy pretty well, so that'd be I a good I do. I read the book. Yeah. It was actually, a stranger beside I read you, it right? on the cruise, which yeah. probably wasn't a good idea. Because I remember, remember I was reading the book, and then and I went you thought off. everybody was going to kill you. No, you thought so. I went off with that guy to get pizza, and you were like, you don't know who he is. That's he could right. have killed you. He and I was have. like, I just wanted pizza. People go missing on cruises all the time. I never knew that. Thing. Yeah, yep. I didn't know that. And then I came back, and Nick was very upset. And well, I was like, he was just really nice and had pizza. And Nick was like, well, all he's missing is abandoned puppies. <laughs> 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 I was like, I probably would have went in there, too. Absolutely. I, anybody who has puppies... Uh, Luna's just a goner. Yeah. Or cats. <laughs> Showing me all the disabled cats so that you can make Jasper jealous. Oh, all my right. God. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you, uh, you want to go into that right now? No. I Are just, you ready to hear my story? I'm ready to hear your story, but we're also looking for a cat. No, we're not looking for a cat. Yes, we, we are. are. We are looking at all the adoptable cats. But anyways, that's besides <laughs> the point. We're just going to go right into my story. Okay. You all know how this ends. Go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> So my story today is about Kate Webster. Okay. All right. I've never and heard of her. Neither I, I hadn't heard of her either until I just came upon this story. And it is actually the story of the Barnes mystery. Okay. And we'll get into how that ties into everything. I just wanted to really quick go over my sources for this week. 
Um, one of the ones that I've really been liking is Murderpedia, which, you know, people kind of it's it's like Wikipedia, but for a bunch of like true crime stuff. Sure. And one of the things that I really like about it is it gives multiple instances of the same story from a bunch of different authors. So you can oh, kind cool. of like corroborate like what consistencies there are in the stories. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really helps because especially with these really, really old ones, it's tough to decipher what things are true what things are kind like kind of just come out of like the legend of the mm -hmm. thing happening and everything so murderpedia was my big one and then there was another one just encyclopedia.com where there were um there was a lot of really valuable information on kate webster okay all right you ready for this i don't know I think I think you can handle it. If you can watch that TikTok video, you're going to be ready for Kate Webster. Okay. okay. So Kate Webster was actually born Kate Laurel in 1849 mm -hmm. in Killan, Ireland. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and it's Killan is basically exactly what you're thinking when you're picturing Ireland. Okay. It's very rural. It's got just rolling green hills, mm -hmm. big stone churches. That's pretty much it. Like Beautiful. there's nothing going on in, in big waves crashing killing. upon the cliffs. Uh, I think you're birds thinking of... are in the background. It's a slight breeze. No, you're really putting me there. I just that's what if I'm I close my eyes. Yes, I need to get I into it. it. Yep. Okay. Can you smell the ocean? I don't know if it's coastal. I don't think it's oh. coastal. <laughs> Can you I mean, smell Ireland is a big the inland. Ireland is a big island, but I don't think that it's on the coast. I don't think that it's on the coast. Okay probably inland but anyways kate's parents were respectable hard-working people you know they they did their jobs in the community and they did their best bringing up all their children you know they wanted them to be well behaved and mm -hmm. obedient and everything which you i kind of think that most parents are hoping that their kids are going to be pretty respectful and everything but you would hope you would hope but obviously as with every family there's usually like one black sheep Bah. Yeah, you would definitely be that, <laughs> Luna. And I feel, well, I actually feel like you and I are both kind of the black sheep. So Woo! we're just in real trouble. We need to push our seats closer so, so we, we can, can high five. five. How frequently are we going to high five We've this We've done episode? it three times I know. already. Um, but yeah, Kate was definitely the black sheep in the family. And she was not interested whatsoever in like a vanilla goody two shoes life. Okay? okay. She just didn't have, you know, she just, she just wasn't interested in listening to her parents, following any directions. And as a kid, Kate really began to get a bad reputation. This is just as a kid, like she's not even a teenager. And it's for pretty good reason because Kate was one of those kids who would just lie about everything. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but she was really frequently disobedient with her parents. And one of the biggest things that got her into trouble was she was caught on more than one occasion stealing things. Oh, wow. And we will see that Feisty. Kate just loves stealing things for some reason. Yep. So, of course, in, in like the small rural community. Klepto Kate. Well, I'll talk about whether or not I think that she's a klepto, which I kind of don't. And we'll see why in a second. Um, but Kate kept getting caught 
And, you know, since it is a small rural community, it typically just resulted in her kind of being like scolded by her parents or Mm -hmm. whoever was in the community that caught her or even being taken to church to be like lectured at by the priest. Like, you're going to hell because you're stealing, girl. You got to cut that shit. That's not a good Irish accent. I was practicing my Irish accent for this episode. Oil be foine. That's why you kept saying that? (laughs) Oil be foine. He went around for a full day watching YouTube videos. I was like Gerard Butler says that. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> do be my fine. best. No, Gerard Butler does not say that. But I am going to do my best uh, interpretation of Gerard Butler's accent, so that that that's as close as I'm gonna be able to get to an Irish accent. <laughs> so let's see if I can scold you. You're going to be going to hell. No, I can't fucking do that. <laughs> that's Scottish. That's Scottish. You're good for that. Okay, we're going to move. One more time. We're going to. One more time. Ah, you're going to hell if you're going to keep. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay. You're going to be going to hell if you don't stop stealing there, Kate. I can't. I just want to steal everything. You do an Irish accent. Well, you're going to hell. <laughs> we well, can't just copy mine. Stealing, Say what, Kate. Kate. You're going to be Kate, okay? Okay, okay. Ah, Kate, you're going to be going to hell if you keep trying to steal everybody's stuff. No. I'm not. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Why are you you doing like a, uh, that's like a Cockney uh, English accent. I'm going to be fine. There you go. All right. (laughs) I need to brag. We really need to get past this. No more accents. All right. So, of course, Kate is just like, she's way too metal to just Mm. be like, all right, priests, like, definitely. She's she's not having anything that the priests or her parents are putting down. And she just keeps on lying and stealing. Okay. And like I said, I don't think that she suffered from kleptomania Mm -hmm. specifically because, and you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I did look up a very brief synopsis of what kleptomania is. And kleptomania is more stealing for no reason at all and having a compulsion to steal and not being able to control yourself. Not only that, but you're stealing things that you don't even need. It's just an impulse. It's it's like an impulse and you're you're probably telling yourself like, this isn't something that I want to do, but it's like, I just can't stop stealing. Mm -hmm. You get a high off the thrill. And Kate, in pretty much all of her situations, stole with a motive. She stole to make money. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so I do not think that she was a klepto for that reason. She just figured stealing was an easy way to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. But of course, unfortunately, you can only get caught stealing so many times as a kid before it stops being cute. And what was her, what's that number for her? I don't know what the number was. (laughs) Um, but apparently when she was 15, she was caught and she was sent to prison in Wexford, Ireland for larceny. So she ended up spending three years in prison for that charge. And I don't really know if this was like a culmination Mm. of all of the things that people knew that she was up to. And then like all of them got brought up as charges against her or if it was just her trying to do like one big score or something. But yeah, she went away for three years when she was 15. And obviously those are like, pretty formative years Mm. and even though she was in there like you know she's basically she gets out when she's 18 okay and you would think that maybe this might help her kind of like straighten up and Mm -hmm. fly right and everything but it kind of did the opposite more or less and like it, it just made her more comfortable with crime just being around a bunch of criminals because apparently they didn't separate child criminals from adult Adult. criminals and so like it kind of just helped her like get more ingratiated in the culture of like just being a criminal okay so yeah 
she gets out of prison at 18. She's in there for, you know, those three years. Mm -hmm. And like prison starts to sort of feel like a second home to her, Mm -hmm. as we'll see. Um, When she was released, she was pretty much done with living in like a country bumpkin town, especially Mm -hmm. because like you couldn't make much money stealing there. Uh, And she decided to go to a new community so that she could like have a fresh start Mm -hmm. and maybe try to change her ways. I don't know. But she decided that she was going to go to Liverpool in England, okay, which is actually where the Beatles are from. So (laughs) that was good, too. Wow. Really good. I've been practicing that. (laughs) Yellow submarine, we all live in the yellow submarine. Wow. Okay. We need to stop doing that. You're welcome. (laughs) So, Liverpool is a much bigger city, obviously, than her hometown of Killan. Yeah. Okay. But even though it was much bigger, again, it wasn't really like a thriving metropolis. Mm. It was sort of like England at that time was very wealthy and everything but there was a big rift between like the very successful and rich people and the very poor people i've seen downtown and there were a lot of very poor people we're gonna get into some downtown abbey stuff in this (gasps) so it's not really long before kate has to go back to her old ways when she's living there to Mm -hmm. kind of make ends meet and in 1868, she was again sent to prison for larceny. Wow. Yeah. So she's just, she's So when out did she get out of jail? For a year. Uh, she got out in, she was, she got out in 67. Okay. And in 68, she <laughs> went back to prison. So it really, like I said, it becomes a second home to her mm. because in this stint, she's there until um, 1872. So she goes away for four years, basically when she's 19 and she's sent to prison for four years. Yeah. So essentially from she's there from the age of 15 and comes to 23. Out wow. From the ages of and 15 such, to 23, like you said, she years. is put in prison. And like, I guess she was just pickpocketing and everything and she wasn't really all that mm. good at it. And mm-hmm. she got caught. So, yeah, seven of her young adult years were just spent in various prisons and When she got out, you know, she is 23 at this point, Mm. and she's described as a tall, strongly made woman Mm. of about five feet, five inches in height, uh, with a sallow and much freckled complexion Mm. and large, prominent teeth. (laughs) (laughs) You like that last detail? So she's, she's basically like a mule. As far as oh my god, <laughs> do not talk that way. No, she. I mean, well, she's not. She's not going to be our best friend by the end of this, so it's no, okay but, that I'm kind of talking. Well, she. But had, why was teeth measurement a part of that? I don't know. Large, prominent teeth. Um, and I'm going to show you some pictures of her, and she reminds me of like this. She looks like the portrait of somebody who would be a member of the Adams family. Oh, okay. <laughs> My picture that I have in my head is just very, uh, very, very skewed. Do you want me to, I'm going to show you right, what I'm picturing. I'm going to show right you a picture now. right now I'm so you can be. Um, what's that girl? The Wendy's girl. The Wendy's girl? Wendy? Yeah, Wendy. Is that, is that the Wendy's girl, Wendy? Might be. Her name, Wendy. I'm picturing her, but with like bigger teeth. No, you got to see this chick. Kate Webster. She, like, look at how much eyeshadow she uses. Wow, she looks like she could be Tilly's sister, but like her bad, evil sister. Right? And Tilly was bad enough. Wow, she's scary. Yeah. 
pretty menacing. I can't see her prominent teeth, but no, because her mouth is closed. Because it, back in those days, you couldn't smile in photos. Oh right. Um. So yeah, she's she's pretty spooky looking. She is spooky. Okay, so you know she spent basically seven years in prison at this point. Prison really is becoming a second mm. home to her. And this time when she's released, she decides to move to London because as she understood it, there were a lot more opportunities for her than there were in Liverpool because okay. London obviously is the capital of England and there are just a lot more wealthy people. Maybe she could become like a housemaid or yep. something like that. So she settled down in a London borough named Wandsworth, which kind of makes me feel mm. like it'd be like a Harry Potter town. I but like anyways, that. she only spent a few months there before she moved to another borough named Hammersmith. And some some uh, articles speculated that she left because she felt like there wasn't good enough stuff to steal. Oh in my that God. Community. <laughs> so some people are looking at uh oops, sorry some people are looking at good school systems or whole foods this one wants to know the best stealing not kate she wants to know where she can get the best stuff to steal mm-hmm. um so she can you put that in zillow check what the box check the box for like <laughs> quality things to steal yeah. in this neighborhood maybe i don't know under a thousand dollars Um, But yeah, so she's only in Wandsworth for a few months, and then she moves to another borough named Hammersmith, Mm. where she meets a couple named Henry and Ann Porter, and they become friends, okay? Okay. And I want you to remember the Porters because they're going to be back way later, okay? Okay. But apparently Ann, you know, being a friend of Kate, wanted to help her find work as, you know, like a clothes washer Mm. or some, you know, some kind of domestic work, like housekeeping or cooking or whatever, that she could maybe get a permanent position at. Yeah, live her life, thrive. Maybe be a little bit less steely, more or less. So Anne actually ends up finding Kate a job as a housekeeper in Notting Hill to a man named Captain Walbest. Okay? Okay. And somewhere around this time when she's working for Captain Walbest, she meets two other people. So the first person that she meets is a woman named Sarah Crease, okay? And Sarah worked as a charwoman, which at first I thought might be like a woman who clears soot or coal or something mm-hmm. out of fireplaces, like a chimney sweep or something like that. That's not what it is. It's basically just kind of like a housemaid, but like you don't live in the house oh, okay. with the people. So she was just like a, a cleaning woman. And... Sarah ended up being somebody who would also help Kate find other jobs. Okay. Okay. So the next person. She's making friends. She's making friends and they want to help her, but she meets another person and this person isn't really such a good influence on her. Um, And all the research that I did, this man just came up by the name of Strong. What? Strong. 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 S T R O N G. Strong. His name? Strong. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if that's a first name or a last name, but his name is Strong. Okay. I mean, I'm picturing that it's just like some super jacked guy that Kate's kind of into. Um, I can't imagine that he has like a way with words. I'm kind of picturing him just like, be strong, you pretty like, lady. He's the we mountain like you. from yes. Game of Thrones. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think the mountain might have a little more charisma than he does. Probably. But more or less, he's like, you live my house now. And oh. <laughs> and Kate ends up moving in with him. All right. I don't know. She just like totally Twitter painted over him. She moves in with him. And, you know, the saying is that, like, opposites attract. 
but that's not really the case with mm. Kate and Strong because Strong was like really into just getting making money in nefarious ways as well. Mm-hmm. Everything that he did in order to make money wasn't legal, strictly speaking. And so Kate kind of says that he's the reason that she dabbles in crime again, even though she's kind of getting back on the up and up. Um, and when they're living together, Kate ends up getting pregnant. And it could have been Strong's, but it also could have been two other guys oh, that she said it was. But she has the baby. And Strong isn't really a super cool father, dude. And he's just out of there. Strong just leaves? up and leaves her. So, <laughs> so Kate's awful. all high and dry. And now she's got a kid. Okay. All right. And obviously, it's way more difficult to not only fend for herself, mm. but also her baby, which she named John. Okay. okay. John Webster. And she says that at this point, she felt like she had no other choice but to start stealing again. And while that may be true because she was still working for the captain at the time, mm-hmm. we'll come to see that Kate isn't really super concerned about what happens with her son, John. Oh, She's God. not really mother of the year either. And apparently, in order to make money at this time, she would rent boardrooms and just sneak anything that wasn't tied down out and just sell it to whoever would buy it off of her. Yep. She would just clear out all these boardrooms. And of course, you know, you you can't do that so many times before everybody in the community is like, uh, Kate, where, where are you getting this stuff from? So in 1875, she's convicted again for 36 charges of larceny okay holy cow and you'd think that the sentences keep getting longer but this time she's only put away for 18 months what happens to her son while she's put away it's funny that you ask that because her friend sarah the charwoman decides that she's gonna help kate out and she takes care of baby john which is nice of sarah sarah seems like she's a really good person Mm. so kate serves her time but again, less than a few months after she's out of prison, she's right back in it again. Wow. And yeah, it's I, one thing what do you to think, steal. What do you think she went to jail for this well, time? <laughs> hmm, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's one thing to steal and be good at it and get. A, I, I, I okay, premise, let's, <laughs> which I do not condone stealing. <laughs> Unless like, you're stealing someone's phone to I put just, our podcast in and then giving it back to them. <laughs> yeah, I need to always preface whatever I say with something that's correct. Um, don't do illegal stuff. I don't condone stealing. But if you're going to do illegal stuff. if you're stuff, going to steal, at least be good at it, I guess. Like, you would think after the I mean, the learn your time, lesson. Exactly. That I would you're think, not super good at getting away with stealing stuff. Yeah. Like, maybe pick a new career path, Kate. You know, maybe. No, Kate thinks she's a criminal maybe mastermind. Maybe become a magician, a really bad magician. Maybe. You'd be like, oh, hand. it disappeared. Just kidding. It's in my pocket. Like. You know, see, I don't know, Luna. I feel like you tend to like get really, really upset when things don't go your way, and you just go like, "Well, I'm gonna do it even better next time. I'm gonna be the best." Oh, they caught me for stealing this time. I'm gonna <laughs> steal even better next time. No, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't want to come back." Well, I think that Kate is obviously the karmically. Latter- I'd be giving away my stuff to be like. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You probably this. would. But Kate is not that kind of gal. Uh, Kate does not abide by ahimsa. So when she gets put away for larceny this time, she goes away for 12 months. And at this point, she's been away for her first stint in there after she had baby John was 18 months. Now it's another 12 months. So she's pretty much missed baby John's first and second birthday. 
So at this point, she's released in 1878 and she's 29 years old. All right. Her baby's two. And this time she manages to stay out of trouble for at least a year. Okay. And does she have John during that time? She does take John back when she's out of prison. Okay. So in 1879, her friend Sarah, who's the one who was watching baby John the Mm -hmm. whole time she was in prison, Sarah had been working as a charwoman for a woman named Miss Loader in Richmond, England. Okay. And while London was like, you know, a really big city and everything, it's like the capital and everything. Richmond was kind of like, think about the difference between New York where there's really, really wealthy people and really, really poor people Mm -hmm. and Richmond, which is almost like, where's the place that we were just at this weekend? uh, Yeah. Newport. Newport. So Richmond is more like Newport for lack of a better comparison. So like mostly wealthy people. Mm. All right. This is where your downtown Abbey shit kind of comes in. Love that show. Haven't seen the movie. (laughs) No. To finish it. (laughs) So while Sarah is working for Miss Loader, she ends up falling ill. All right. I don't Mm. know what she had, but she can't really fulfill her duties for Miss Loader. And she suggests that her friend Kate fill in for her for a short period while she's recovering. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is a pretty big get for Kate because, you know, this gets her into kind of like the big leagues as like a, a. doing more domestic work mm-hmm. as opposed to having to be on the streets hustling and this is the place to do it this is the place to do it so i guess miss loader was actually pretty pleased with kate's work so much so that when sarah was feeling well enough to return miss loader recommended kate to a friend named julia martha thomas who was apparently looking for a servant to live in her house with her. Okay. Okay. So Julia Thomas was a retired school teacher in her fifties. And she lived in the same neighborhood as Miss Loader. Mm -hmm. She had been widowed twice. And although she wasn't particularly wealthy, she did have some inheritance from her previous marriages. It's not like a Tilly situation from before, but (laughs) she really wanted a servant. And most people in the community sort of felt like she didn't really need a servant. Maybe it was that she kind of wanted to have some company since Mm. she was widowed, but they also feel like she kind of just wanted the status that came along with having a, so. Which I think is reasonable if you're, if you're living in an area like that to fit in. Potentially, but we'll come to find that, you know, Julia's, Julia's kind of a little bit of a character in and of herself. All right. So Julia was apparently notoriously hard to work for. All right. She had multiple servants in the recent past that worked for her, but they would just quit because they couldn't deal with her BS. Hmm. And I think we've all kind of had or heard of a boss that just complains that they can never find good employees all the while treating everybody (laughs) that works for them like absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. And then they're like totally oblivious to the fact that everybody's quitting and like they might be the problem instead of just thinking you know anyways we've all been there we've all been there i'm not picking anybody in my mind specifically that i can think of and of course i'm not saying that you know even if julia is a really crappy Mm -hmm. person to work for that definitely doesn't make what kate ends up doing okay by any means because kate could have left and just tried to find a new employer but as we'll come to see that's not really the kind of gal that kate is so julia meets kate all right and i guess 
at first, they both kind of take a liking to each other, uh, so much so that Julia doesn't even bother asking any questions about Kate's past or anything mm-hmm. like that. She doesn't. She's just like, I really want a servant and I want him real bad. So you're perfect. When can you start? So she just gets her in there as soon as possible. All right. And Kate begins working for Julia a little after or around the month of January in 1879. So she hasn't even really been out of prison all that long before she gets this job working for Julia. Mm -hmm. And Kate, having been pretty hardened by being in prison all those years, was more or less the first woman to have like flipped the script as a servant for Julia Thomas, because, you know, most of the people who were working servant jobs in that location were maybe a little bit more like meek and like, you know, you don't want to piss off your employer. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to not be able to get work if you do end up leaving or whatever. So Kate was kind of the first person to not really stand down to Julia when she was just being annoying. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? We're going to come to see how that turns out. Okay. Okay. According to Kate, Julia was never satisfied with her work. She was one of those people who would follow her around and be like, Uh. you missed a spot or like, wear a white glove and like drag a finger across this uh, certain surface and be like, anytime I, would lose I know my, I would take that glove off and be like, this is going in the fire. <laughs> so yeah, anytime Julia would find dust anywhere, she would just ream Kate out or whatever. And in Kate's words, <laughs> let's see if I can do this in, in Gerard Butler voice. I can't do it. Whenever I think Gerard Butler at first, I thought she was a nice old life. <laughs> I'm just going to read this normal. I'm trying to picture Kate saying it how you are. Wait, can I give it a a go? Go for it. At first, I thought she was a nice old lady. You're doing it like a Cockney British person again. I guess that's all I know. That's the only accent that you can do. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So I'm just going to read it normal. Fine. At first, I thought her a nice old lady, but I found her very trying, and she used to do many things to annoy me during my work. When I had finished my work in rooms, she used to go over it again after me and point out all the places where she said I did not clean, showing evidence of a nasty spirit towards me. So they are not really getting along kind of within like the first month of her working there. Their relationship deteriorates very rapidly. What's up? Where's John during this time? John actually goes to live back with Sarah. So, so I mean... That's good. I hope, but Kate is not really invested in this kid's future whatsoever. Somebody, we're gonna find out what happens to good old John later. Okay, so I want you to picture Kate just getting less and less patient Mm. with Julia, but also more or less like she's she's in the best living situation that she's ever been in her entire life, being in like that posh Richmond house, Mm -hmm. and. While I can assume, and it's pretty obvious that it drove Kate mad working for Julia, I pretty much feel like she had the mentality of like, I ain't going nowhere. You know, like she was pretty much like, I'm here to stay. It's the best she's going to get. So yeah. Pretty much. Why would you? So to deal with the stress of working for Julia, Kate found herself going to a local pub named Hole in the Wall. Mm -hmm. Pretty much after every shift, she would get done working for Julia. And she would return to the home in Richmond very late and very hammered, okay? And since she's coming home pretty much plastered and she she, tensions are already wearing kind of thin between her and Julia, 
they start to get kind of confrontational with each other. And I guess it got to the point where Julia started dreading being alone with Kate. Oh, wow. And she started trying to get friends to come over to stay with her. Oh, it's To kind of bad. like act as a buffer so that she wouldn't have to deal with being with her alone because she's, she's sort of terrified of her really mm. stubborn servant. Um, and of course, her friends reacted by saying like, well, if you're so unhappy with her, why don't you just tell her that she need like you don't need her services mm. anymore and she can go and find another job. So eventually, Julia works up the courage and again, this is only still in the span of like a month mm-hmm. of Kate working there. Julia ends up working up the courage and tells Kate that she no longer needs her and that she should have her things packed and ready to move within the next few days, okay? Mm-hmm. They both came to the agreement that Kate would leave by Friday, February 28th. So remember, she got the job in like around January after she was done working for a short period of time with Mm -hmm. whatever her face was. And when that day came, February the 28th, Kate didn't manage to find a new employer or living arrangement. And so she kind of negotiated with Julia saying like, well, please just let me stay like a few more days and Mm -hmm. I promise I'll figure something out. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if it was just Julia being kind or if she just kind of feared Kate Mm. so much, but she agreed to give Kate the four days. And this meant that Kate had to be out by Sunday, March 2nd. Okay. Okay. And although Julia wanted Kate to be out, she still expected Kate to help her get ready for Sunday service that Sunday night. And Kate typically had Sunday afternoons off Mm -hmm. as as her servant. And so during those Sundays off, she should be going and doing something constructive, like finding herself a new job. But instead, she found herself at the bar again, and she came home later than she was supposed to to help her get ready for church completely plastered. Okay. Okay. And this is also the day she's supposed to leave. This is the day that she's supposed to be leaving. So Julia is home basically waiting for her to arrive to help her get ready for mass. And Mm -hmm. she's like fuming at this point because she's going to be late when Kate arrives. And Julia kind of starts reaming her out, telling her, you know, like, what the fuck? Like you were supposed to be here. You're supposed to help me. We had agreed. I can't, I can't get ready on my own. I can't possibly put on my white gloves. So yeah, apparently Julia gets pretty fueled and like, confronts her a little bit but then she needs to leave and go to church otherwise she's going to be more late than she already is and friends that saw julia at church said that she appeared to be very agitated Mm. and one of the friends that she had talked to said that she was late to church due to the neglect of her servant to return home at a proper time oh my goodness golly so julia returned home early that night Mm -hmm. at around 9 p.m. And this is what Kate said happened when she arrived home, okay? Mm -hmm. Mrs. Thomas came in and went upstairs. I went up after her and we had an argument, which ripened into a quarrel. And in the height of my anger and rage, I threw her from the top (gasps) stair to the ground floor. She had a heavy fall (gasps) and I became agitated at what had occurred, lost all control of myself. And to prevent her from screaming and getting me into trouble, I caught her by the throat. Oh, and in the struggle, she was choked and I threw her on the floor. Oh, my God. So Kate basically pushed her down the stairs and strangled her. Wow. And again, this This is is what. Big step up from stealing, Kate. Well, this is this what is zero Kate to 60. said happened. This is what she said 
happened okay okay um but as we've seen honesty isn't really her you know strong suit yeah and apparently one of julia's neighbor who's a woman named ives she was julia's landlord and apparently ives and her mother said that around that time they heard no arguing whatsoever but what they did hear was a thump like a chair falling over around that time but that's kind of it and which is kind of interesting because i feel personally and this is sort of speculated Mm -hmm. by other people who investigated that Julia falling down the stairs would have made much more noise than just a single Mm. thump. Okay. And this sort of leads to the belief that it wasn't like a argument that just kind of ramped up and ramped up until Kate pushed Mm -hmm. Julia. People kind of believe that Kate being pretty drunk and already being fueled up after Julia had confronted her before leaving church mm-hmm. had sort of come up with the plan to hit her with an ax over the head Ooh. when she arrived home. So they believed that she waited for her upstairs, yep. that Kate waited for Julia upstairs and then just like snuck out and really quick, just like boom. And that was the thud. Hit her and, and that was the single thud that sounded like a chair falling over and Kate just, took her out with a single blow, killing her instantly. Then she strangled her? No, she would have been dead. So did anyone see the body? <sighs> oh, God, Kate. So... What are you doing? So both of these deaths are very brutal ways to go, regardless of which one was yeah. actually the truth. And we might not actually know how exactly Julia Thomas died, but what we do know is what Kate did with her after the fact. Okay. Okay. You remember what I said earlier about the stuff with TikTok and everything? Yes. Um. So <gasps> again, I don't know whether or not Kate decided to do all of this before, or if it was just a heat of the moment solution to something that like she accidentally did. Yep. But Kate resolved to, in her words, do away with the body the best I could. It's one thing to say, "Oh, she accidentally fell, and this is what happened," but then if you take her body and, and do something with the body afterwards connect the dots well she doesn't want to she doesn't want to get caught for it she's going to get caught regardless she's the only other person in contact with this woman well um she thinks she's gonna get away with this she has issues um so like i was saying this this all of this is part of her confession and you know while kate did lie about a lot of things pretty Mm -hmm. much up until the very end uh this seems to be pretty much confirmed on all accounts based on a bunch of evidence that we're gonna find in the near future okay and it's pretty rough so just be prepared for it okay i'm gonna again read what kate says okay Mm -hmm. so kate said i chopped the head from the body With the assistance of a razor, which I used to cut through the flesh afterwards. Blech. I also used the meat saw and the carving knife to cut the body up with. Oh, my God. I prepared the copper with water to boil, which apparently cop- they used to clean clothes in copper. Yeah. So it was just a big copper pot. And she said, I prepared the copper with water to boil the body to prevent identity. And as soon as I had succeeded in cutting it up, I placed it in the copper and boiled it. I opened the stomach with a carving knife and burned up as much of the parts as I could. And so, again, I don't know. She she learned quite a bit of shit in prison. Either that My or this is, is not on the floor. her first murder. 
Okay. Wow. So to have all, no, to have all of that just right off the bat be like, okay, now I do this and this and this and this. Yep. That's not a normal way of thinking. That Absolutely is, not. That is either she has committed it before or she has heard a lot of, of stories. stories. Yep. Which could be, a you know, lot could very of well be true. <laughs> could very well be true with her having spent so much time in prison. Wow. Um, oh, poor Julia, man. That's awful. So some of the sources say that while she was taking the time to boil the body parts, mm. um, you know, she was like wiped out from performing all these horrible as deeds. As one is. And she figured, you know, she's got some time to kill, so she may as well stop by her favorite pub, The Hole in the Wall, again. Oh God. And she may well could have done it, but I personally doubt that she did this. Um, and the reason I think that is because a lot of these sources kind of have the prevailing opinion that Kate was just like a constant drunk mm. and that she was like an out of control Irish woman. Like mm. there was a lot of prejudice from the English people with Irish people coming in and like, you know, mm -hmm. workers. This was after the uh, famine and everything in Ireland. So there was like a huge bias against Irish people. And so like this kind of helps paint her in that light of like, look at how crazy she is. She can't even like mm -hmm. in the middle of dismembering a body, she's going out to grab a pint. And like, think about that. Like, not only did this happen after 9 p.m. on a Sunday, which mm -hmm. again, I don't know what time pubs are open until at that on those days in England. They're open at, pretty that, late. at that time in history. True. Oh, true. But. That would still mean that she's like covered in yeah. blood and viscera and everything. And she's got to go clean up just so that she can go get a couple of drinks before coming back. I mean, I don't know. I feel like she's done a lot Again, crazier. She could have. But <laughs> I personally feel like when you're in that headspace of like, I've got to take care of this. Mm. You just kind of start. And you keep going until like you feel like you're secure. But you've listened to some podcasts on some serial killers that are like, I'm going to go to Denny's and well, then I'll come I home. I feel and like those you know? situations are typically the ones where they're so comfortable with death and like with killing that they get really, really complacent. And I see you kind of like gesturing like, well, may, you know, she could be really comfortable with it. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. There's nothing really confirming that she mm. did that. But she still certainly continues to do some fucked up shit after this. So, okay. so of course, with all of this going on, neighbors start to notice an unpleasant smell with the burning of bones and boiling mm. of flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't go unnoticed by her neighbors. And even Kate admitted that it was tough for her to get through with it with the smell and the sight of everything that she was just going through. Um, Poor her. But apparently Heavy it was on the customary for households in the community to do their wash early Monday morning. So I guess people just chalked the smells up to that. Like, I don't know if it's just some really soiled laundry, but mm. that was what they thought was going on. Okay. And Kate disposed of as much of the body as she could. Like I said, she burned as many of the bones as she could, but she couldn't get rid of everything. And she put the remains of Julia's body in a black Gladstone bag, which is kind of like an old suitcase, briefcase kind mm -hmm. of thing, and the rest of it in a wooden box. And she okay. managed to get pretty much everything in except for Julia's skull and one of her feet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not funny. But it's just, not funny. But just to say, like, but it's one just of her insane. feet. Like, it's, yeah. So. It's not funny. Having finished her horrible deed, it's now Monday morning. And, you know, Kate was hard at work all mm. night getting ready to dispose of Julia's body. And 
she decides the best way to maintain her cover is to keep up appearances as Julia's servant. Okay. Wow. And she has to clean up the mess that she made dismembering the body. But soon after, she's tending to like her daily chores around the house and out in the yard so that neighbors don't get suspicious. And she's hoping that they would all just assume that Julia had gone on holiday, as they call it in England, Mm. unannounced because Kate knew that Julia sometimes did this, just completely unannounced, not telling anybody. Yep. So Kate finished her chores by mid-afternoon, and at this point, she definitely felt like she deserved a drink, and apparently this part is true. Feeling like she was pretty much on her way to getting away with everything, Mm. she grabbed the foot that couldn't fit and Julia's gold bridge work, which was obviously like dental work that she had done, and headed out to the pub. What is she going to do with those? On her way to the pub, she pawned the golden bridge work for six shillings, and then she made her way to the hole in the wall to tie one on. And on her way there, she tossed the foot into a pile of rubbish in Twickenham. I don't know where that is. And it's been rumored that while she was there, she had the clever idea of trying to sell off jars of reduced fat oh my to be used God. for cooking. Ew! And of course, that fat could have only come from one place, would have be- which would have been Julia's body. Oh, yeah. it, that reminds me of really like Sweeney Todd with yep, the pies. More Sweeney Todd stuff. And now I don't think anyone took her up on it. And again, this might be another instance of people just like playing up Mm. the monster that is Kate because like I said there doesn't seem to be any confirmed instances of her actually selling any of this Mm -hmm. or anything but I feel like Kate is the type of person who would really be comfortable with the phrase of like you know in Japanese the word for crisis and opportunity are the same word because Mm. like that's just kind of how she rolls and so like I wouldn't put it past her to be like well I've already pawned off the bridge work, so I may as well try to make some money off the fat drippings. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much how Kate spends the Monday after killing her mistress. I spend my Mondays very, very differently than Kate. Yeah. And by Tuesday, Kate's feeling pretty good about herself and about her plan. So much so that she decides it's time to play dress up and go flex to some of her old friends. Oh my God, she's crazy. So she takes some of Julia's clothes and puts them on and she grabs the black Gladstone bag and decides to go visit her old friends, the Porters. Remember, I told you, remember Anne and Henry. She grabs the bag with the body. She grabs the bag with the body parts in it, okay? Yep. And... Kate is so pleased with how everything is going that she gets the bright idea to do what she does best and lie about everything that's happened since the last time they'd parted ways. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's what, I mean, four years? Uh, I don't know when they, when she last saw them, but it, it was a couple of years because she spent a few in prison. Yeah. And obviously, Kate's not just going to be like, yeah, this weekend I spent most of my time hacking up the body of my mistress, Mrs. Thomas. But anyway, she she turns what should be a crisis into an opportunity and decides to announce to Anne and Henry that she is now Mrs. Thomas. She adopts Julia's last name as her own. What? Only she tells them that she acquired the name by marrying. And of course, her husband had passed away, making her a widow. Oh. But thankfully, she'd been left a large inheritance and a house from an aunt in Richmond. And she was now living the good life. She's crazy. So she just kind of like body snatches Julia's whole life. She's crazy. So they believe her. They believe her. Yeah, they have no reason not to. They haven't seen her in so long and she's dressed the part. So, of course, she's like, we should all go for a drink together. And Henry and his son, Robert, 
they just they're like, yeah, we could go for a drink. So they head with her to a nearby pub called Oxford and Cambridge Arms. Okay. Okay. And on their way, Kate tells them, you guys go on ahead. Don't worry about it. I'll catch up. And when she arrives at the pub, she's missing the Gladstone bag. She dumped it somewhere. Yeah, pretty much. This bag never turned up, but it's assumed that Kate tossed it into the Thames River, Mm -hmm. which they crossed on their way to the pub. And this has been assumed because, as we'll come to find, she believes that this is the most ingenious way of getting rid of most of the evidence. Yeah, you and every other killer in friggin' London. Doesn't really ever work out the way that you would think. It washes up 22,000 years later. Not even 2,000 later. We will see. Yeah, no, that's that's not the case, but holy shit. Could you imagine? That'd be crazy. We've got some crazy stuff in this one that like comes up a lot later. Okay. Later. There's more. Yeah. Um, Because it it just, it keeps getting crazier. Okay. Okay. So apparently either nobody noticed that Kate was missing her bag or she was just like, oh shoot, I must've left it behind somewhere. Mm -hmm. Silly me. No worries. Um, Because of her inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's grab a pint. So buy another. (laughs) While they're having a drink, Kate asks Robert if he would, the son Robert, if he would mind helping her carry a large, heavy box from her new house (gasps) to the station. Oh my God. Okay. She's getting an accomplice. And, and of course, Robert wanting to like help out his parents' friend. He's like, of course, I could do that. And oh, after Robert. they're done with a few rounds, they head back to her house. Uh, <laughs> and lucky for Kate, that day in England, it was very foggy. And as they're carrying the heavy box to the station, they make it to a bridge crossing the Thames River. And again, Kate says, okay, Robert, you know, you just go ahead and leave me with the box and I'll just catch up with you in a few minutes, which like, I don't know why Robert would agree and why he would suddenly just believe that Kate could like carry the box by herself and catch up to him if he went ahead. But apparently he's like, that's fine. And within a few moments, he hears a splash come from the fog covered bridge behind him. And soon after Kate emerges and she just says, well, that's over. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like Britney Spears when she's like, I burnt I my know. gym down I just, and I don't know. Yeah. One thing led to another so and I burnt it down. I'm in my gym after <laughs> I've been here for six months because I burnt it down. Yeah. I don't know. I had a candle. One thing led to another and I burnt it down. Yeah. Well, that's all over. So Nothing against Brittany. Love you, girl. You do you. <laughs> but that is my favorite video of you to this day. So, yeah. Robert either doesn't bother to question this again. Uh, I don't know. Like, he doesn't bother to question why he just helped Kate carry this heavy box only for it to, like, <laughs> accidentally be dumped into the river or like why they weren't bothering to retrieve it Mm. why she didn't care but maybe you know he was just glad that they didn't have to carry it any longer and he's like okay well i guess if i'm done i'll just i'll head out so that was kind of it she just cleverly got away why would she ask him for help anyway because it was too heavy for her to carry by herself oh yep so kate pretty much disposed of all of the evidence or so she thought because it didn't take more than a day for the box to wash up in the shallows of the river, no. only about a mile downstream. No. And that following morning, a man named Henry Wheatley oh, Henry. came upon it and thought it might have been like money or gold that had been Everyone dumped just thinks in a it's burglary. Money and gold. Everybody assumes like nobody's <laughs> like, this is a body. Everybody's like, I'm going to be rich. Yeah. They're going to give me a reward. Nope, not quite. Oh. If only Henry. Uh, Of course, he opened up the box hoping for gold. And what he found was a dismembered and 
unidentifiable body that was just wrapped uh. in a whole bunch of like paper and everything. So police were called That's and crazy. the body parts were sent to be identified by a doctor. And the doctor determined that these were the remains of a woman, save for the head and the foot, and that based on the skin, that the body parts had likely been boiled. Okay. So they've got, they, they understand crazy. that. They can tell that from, you know. Yeah, from, from just remains or whatever. Mm. I mean, and it makes it sense. from being in the you water think, and stuff, You'd think though? like scalding marks or something like that, but it oh, had maybe. only been in the water for a day. That's true. So it's and not it's in a like, box, so it's not like things right. are getting to it. Okay. And around that same time, a foot was discovered in Twickenham and it became obvious to everybody that they all belonged to the same person yep. and the police presumed that the head was merely dumped into the river with the rest of the body but it couldn't be found and it never was we'll get to that oh boy unfortunately with that there was no real evidence recovered from the box or the mm -hmm. foot and the police had nothing to go on to discover who had perpetrated the murder so they simply dubbed the strange occurrence the barns mystery because they took the body to be laid in the barn cemetery mm. as just like an unmarked grave. Wow. So, yeah. There's something so sad about an unmarked grave. Oh, absolutely. So sad, but also a little intriguing. Like, who are you? What was your life? Yeah. Um, so the police alerted the press to like kind of put all this information mm. out there. And the details of the case were released. And... Kate can read, so I'm feeling like she was pretty pumped when she read the article. She like basically framed it and put it on her fridge. Maybe she did. But, <laughs> oh, I really like the Barnes mystery. The Barnes mystery like in the Barnes cemetery. <laughs> you sound like I can't do it. Uh, what's his name? The Duck Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna cut that out. Why? It's okay, great, great quality stuff. So yeah, Kate basically feels like she's had a confirmation mm. that she's totally gotten away with the perfect crime. So, thinking that she's pretty much in the clear, she figures she may as well start selling off all of Julia's possessions. She's still wearing Julia's clothes and calling herself Mrs. Thomas. And by March 9th, which is only seven days after killing Julia, yep. Kate found a man named John Church who owned a pub mm -hmm. and he wanted to buy Julia's furniture. And by March 18th, he had a cart show up at the house to start loading the possessions in. Okay. Red flag right there. And at this point, the neighbors were starting to get suspicious. Mm. Uh, the landlady, Mrs. Ives, walked up to the delivery men and she was like, um, who is having all of this stuff removed from this house? And they go, oh, it's Mrs. Thomas. And they point to Kate. <gasps> and Kate kind of overhears this whole transaction and in that instance she understands like the jig is up. And she's in her clothing. And she's in her clothing. Yep. Wow. So Kate decides that she needs to get the fuck out of there and she flees immediately. She catches a train to Liverpool. Oh, she's out. And starts traveling back to her family. Oh wow. Back in Ireland. Okay. And apparent so so obviously there are red flags mm. for Mrs. Ives. And not only that, but Church, the guy who had purchased some of the belongings, ends up finding a letter that's addressed to the original Julia. And something about what was in the contents of the letter made him go like, huh, that doesn't really seem like that was the woman that I was buying this stuff from. Mm. So both of these people are kind of coming to the understanding that this is not Mrs. Thomas and something nefarious is up. So they call the police, right? Mm. And they go and investigate the house. Mm. And what they discover 
are a bunch of bloodstains <gasps> and burned finger bones that were left behind in the hearth of the, the fireplace. fireplace. Not only that, but they found a ring of fat still stuck to the copper that they were like, oh, this this goes right with the theory that that body that was just misidentified was oh boiled. So I think we know what's going on here. Oh, that's crazy. Mrs. Ives knew who Kate was. Yep. And so they they just put out Basically, they got the Scotland Yard involved and they started looking for Kate Webster. They put out her description and everything. And basically, one of the head constables in Wexford realized that the woman that the Scotland Yard was looking for was the same woman that had been put away in his jail for larceny. Okay. And when police were investigating further in the house, they found a letter that Kate had started writing to her family back in Ireland with their address on it, but she didn't ever send it. So they knew where to go looking for her. She just like set herself up. So Kate actually took her son with her at that point. She grabbed her son from Sarah. She takes him with her. Okay. Okay. And they hunt her down. And they find her, they find her at her uncle's farm in Killan. Yep. You know, and they arrest her there on March 29th. Okay. From there, she's taken back to Richmond Mm -hmm. so that she can, you know, basically be put on trial. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when uncle Kate ends up hearing the crimes that Kate was charged with, Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to take care of this kid. He doesn't want anything to do with baby John. I think, I don't know how old John is at this point, but basically the authorities take him away to go live in a local workhouse until they can find him a place in like an industrial school. So mother of the year ends up having baby John. She left him with Sarah. Well, you know, so not really a happy ending for baby John. Not really a happy ending for Julia. Not really a happy ending for anybody. Baby boy. So, Kate is put on trial, and it's also making me extra sad because I'm just thinking about your uncle. I mean, your uncle, your cousin John. For some reason, every time we say this, I'm just like, <laughs> baby oh, John. little baby John. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so she is put on trial, and over the course of six days, mm-hmm. they start to bring up all of the reason why they suspect Kate to be responsible mm-hmm. for Julia's death. All right, and while you and I are like, oh, she definitely did it. Kate sort of argued that a lot of it was circumstantial and it was, you know, she even tried to implicate, um, who are the people she tried to implicate? No, she tried to implicate the man church who had come to purchase the furniture. Mm, mm -hmm. She said that he was involved in the murder, but she also tried to implicate the porters as well saying that they were involved, the people who she went to the pub with. And yeah, the that's son what that... I said. Yeah. Oh, you did? I just said the porters. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear you say the porters. But you yeah. said no. Okay. Yeah. No, the porters. Yeah. Okay. She, she definitely did. She she said that they wow, were involved. She's throwing everyone under the bus. everybody under the bus. She's a big liar. Um, but thank God all of those people had alibis. Okay. okay. So none of them got taken down with her. And even though, you know, she was pleading not guilty and a lot of the stuff was circumstantial, apparently... Kate had gone to a bonnet maker named Maria Durden, okay? Okay. A week before the murder, 
And she said that she was going to Birmingham to sell some property and jewelry and a house that she had just inherited from her aunt. And the jury all interpreted this as a sign that it was premeditated murder. Mm -hmm. And that coupled with sort of the mentality of the time of just, we don't like Irish people. We don't trust them. She's a liar. She's a drunk, all that stuff. They decided that she was guilty. It only took hour and 15 minutes. So the jury deliberated for an hour and 15 Mm -hmm. minutes after hearing everything. And they decided that she was guilty and needed to be put to death. Wow. So that's before, before the sentence, right. For her crimes and everything. But before the sentence was actually like put forth, the judge asked Kate if there was any reason why she shouldn't receive the death penalty. And apparently at that time, if you were pregnant, yeah, exactly. you couldn't. So she yep. was like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally pregnant. Yeah, yep. saw that coming. And of course, you know, they're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to check to make sure that you're pregnant. And while, you know, again, this is the 1800s, so they, they don't, can't necessarily give her an ultrasound. Yeah. When they investigated, they found no signs that she was actually pregnant. Yeah. And so they were like, no, Kate, like, yeah, that's not going to fly. And Famous last lie. Yep. One last time. And so, so apparently while she waited basically on death row, she had confessed with, about everything that had happened. She, she just came clean and said like, this is how it happened. And that mm. was where we got her. Oh, her interpretation. This is where we got her um, confession. confession of what had happened mm-hmm. when Julia came home. But yeah, she had basically made that confession the day before she was to be hanged. And that following day at Wadsworth Prison at 9 a.m., the hangman, um, they were they were apparently going to use this new method called like a long drop, which just like means that there's more rope involved mm. in order to make sure that it's like an instantaneous mm-hmm, death. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. A bunch of people gathered all around uh, like the prison yard or whatever. They were, they were closed off. They couldn't see, but apparently Kate dropped. She was left there for an hour, but I, I believe because I couldn't find any information about her strangling that she did die instantly. Okay. So they left her for an hour before confirming her death. Okay. They put up a black flag to signify that she had been executed. And apparently just the crowd around the prison erupted in cheers and they all started oh. celebrating a lot. Like I think Jeffrey Dahmer had a, or Ted Bundy had a similar situation when they executed him. Um, everybody in the lot across the street was just like, like partying and having wow. a grand old time so which i guess i can understand if it's something i just i don't know well it be it did become like a really well-known That's case with all was, the publicity yeah. and how horrible it was you know and the fact that it was it was broadcast as a mystery with this mm-hmm. missing with this unidentified body just floating ashore in a box out. then they find out and piece together so wow i remember you saying did they find the skull yeah well apparently Oh, what was his name? David Attenborough, the okay. guy who does all of the BBC voiceovers for like Planet Earth. Now we have the famous oh, long bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that yeah. guy. He purchased the property between Hole in the Wall. Yeah. And one of, and apparently the home that Kate Webster was living at with Julia. Okay. So there Julia's were some stables home. there. It was, yeah, so Julia's home. There were some stables there. And apparently when they were doing construction work, 
they found a skull no. that was smashed in, <gasps> but it had been like so yeah, decomposed yeah. to the point that it could not be identified. And Julia had no living relatives, so they couldn't do a DNA test. But it is believed that David Attenborough found this. Well, the workers for him found the skull of Julia right next door wow. to her favorite pub. Wow. So, yep. so then when he turned it over to the police... Did the police give it back? No, nobody got to okay. keep the skull. I just, I'm just curious. David just Attenborough did not get to keep just the skull. Just wanted to know. It's technically his property. Just drop it, just Luna. Just want to know. You don't get to keep a skull. I just wanted to know the drop logistics. It. No. <laughs> but that is the story of Kate Webster, a.k.a. the Barnes mystery. That's insane. Yep. That's insane. That's a big one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. It's just... I she's mean, crazy. she's absolutely crazy. And the fact that she she feels like she got away with it so quickly. And it's only nine days after that she gets like, yeah, that's cocky. She com- completely blows up her own spot. That's cocky. So, yeah, that is the story of Kate Webster. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. OK, so do we need to do a would you rather for this one? Yes. OK, I think I've got one. Oh, okay. would you rather? Do you have a would you rather? <laughs> I, got, I yes. can't do this. Would you rather date Kate Bender from episode four, The Bloody Benders? Yes. Or date Kate Webster from this episode? All right. I'm still doing Kate Bender. Um, I mean, it can't all be, would you rather date people? No, I'm just I'm just comparing. I'll, well, I'll, I'll give you another one. No, I think. Okay. I'm trying to think. Would you rather be the man who is going to buy Kate's stuff? Well, yeah, that's obviously one of them. Mr. Church. Or Mr. Church. Or... Be the gentleman who had to carry poor Julia's body in the box Robert. for Kate. Because <sighs> um, I know what I'd pick. Oh, I forgot to mention, Mr. Church, actually, they do an estate sale after everything and is cleared it. and he ends up getting the furniture oh legally. So he does end up getting all of that furniture. So Bravo. it doesn't seem to bother him whatsoever that he's getting Bravo. a murdered woman's uh I think he gets some of her clothes too, maybe for his wow. wife. Wow. Um, so, well, I, okay. So I can understand where maybe he doesn't feel so bad about that. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to help somebody get away with a murder. Ooh, that's a tough one. I guess I would feel less bad about purchasing somebody's stuff legally after mm. than I would about helping I mean, somebody dispose of a body unbeknownst to myself. Like I'd feel I mean we go to thrift stores all the time, so we're we're probably already dead purchasing. And it could they could be murdered or they could we just die know. of natural causes. So I like, will say I did do you remember that thrifty. army vest that I found yeah. at the thrift store that yep. had blood on the inside pocket? Yeah. That was horrifying. So you never know what you're gonna get. So <laughs> technically we're our, we are Mr. Church. Okay, so day. yeah, definitely Mr. Church. Um okay, would you rather Mm, what's up, Jasper? You can come over here, come here if you want. He's sad because we're not over there anymore. I know. We moved our stuff. Yeah. Who's your best friend? Jasper. Nobody. Well, you picked him up. That doesn't I'm count. not giving him the option. Would you rather go out for a drink with Kate Webster mm-hmm. and have her offer you some lard drippings <laughs> or... Be in the backyard with the workers when they find the skull of Julia 
backyard with the workers. Of course you would. But you'd be like, I call dibs. No. That's mine. <laughs> no, I really don't want a human skull. The more I the more I think about it, the more it creeps me out. But I'm just saying. I'm not I don't... sure if it's the more you think about it or the more I shame you on the fact that it's not a good idea to own a human skull. I just want like a. Por- OK, I want a porcelain, a fake porcelain one. A OK, cool one. All right. That's fair. That maybe can like I could put a plant in. Um, anyways, I would pick that one. What would you pick? Um, in that situation, yeah, I I don't think I ever. I I definitely don't want to be around Kate Webster. No, I'm good. Nobody. I mean, granted, she doesn't. I don't think that she's like a threat to everybody. But uh, yeah, no, no Kate Webster. Hanging around, maybe getting the chance to meet David Attenborough sounds really cool. And. I mean, I wouldn't want to find a skull, but... Oh, David Attenborough. You know, I found a skull no in my way. driveway. I th- I'm going to check off a life goal. I've already met David Attenborough. It's nice to meet you. You're welcome. Uh, hi. Nice so to meet I'm you. I'm giving you a left-handed yep, shake. Yep, That's yep. not good. Nope. Um, we have any other would-you-rathers for this one? Would you rather be the teenagers who just found that briefcase in the water? No. Nope. Or would you rather be the person who discovered the foot in the trash the foot in the trash what about the guy who found the crate and washed up on the in the river so i feel like those are those, those are two same. are comparable yeah that's my foot in the trash or that 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 that's a TikTok whole one. human in that tiktok yeah they found multiple bags that's freaking when nuts. they when they started oh, I so wanna, i want to know how this pans i out definitely so, so regardless of what the situation is i definitely would not want to be those teens because like that is sort That's of like scarring. a cool like we're gonna go and have an adventure Aww, that turns into babies. like this defines the remainder of my life to a certain extent i will say i'm proud that these children weren't like i'm gonna open the bag because i feel like with me and i have issues but i'm always like oh i want to touch it or oh, i want to see or whatever so i would like but like I think Not, the smell of decaying well, yeah, body yeah, that has true. been sitting out in the sun after being uh, thrown into the ocean wow. kind of deterred them to kind of be like, well, maybe we should probably get some authorities involved before. Wow. But like, yeah, definitely good on those kids for calling the cops instead oh, of yeah. just like yep. poking at it with a stick. And then leaving. Yep. Well, I guess that's kind of today's episode, huh? Oh my goodness. Yes. Is that, that's that's a pretty rough one to go it out is. on. Well, that's it's kind of going to be the tone for my episodes, unfortunately. Yours are probably going to be a little more fun, but... Uh, uh-huh. Oh, yours is coming up next and it's going to be a little rough? It might be. Okay. It might be a little rough. All right. Well, yeah, so sorry. I did want to um, still do a, uh, our shout out to our listener of the week or our listener of the episode. And so my shout out today goes to Beth Hattery. And she actually said that she started listening to our episodes and then she got hooked and that we remind her of her and her husband's relationship, which I think is adorable. Like I kind of, I'm, I'm really excited to like meet more people who are like, Mm. Oh, we're just like you. This makes me so happy. But one of the things that I think is really cool is she makes little crochet pillows. And so she is apparently sending us a little nope pillow that Ooh. she crocheted. So thank you so much, Cannot Beth Hattery. Cannot wait for that. We will we definitely, love you. definitely show that on you our You are awesome. Um, and if you want to get a shout out on our episode, 
All we need you to do, it's just one little thing, we promise, is just share our podcast with share, share, share. whoever you know who might be into it, whoever you know who might not be into it. On just Instagram or Facebook? Everybody that you know, because the more people that learn about us, the more we can do this awesome thing that we've been having a lot of fun doing. Um so yeah, if you want to share us, we would really appreciate that. If you want to leave us a review or a five-star rating on iTunes, we would appreciate that as well. Or just tell us what you ate for lunch on a review. Sure. We just want to hear from you. That's fine. Um, and if you want to see what we're up to outside of the land of true crime and paranormal stuff, or even see some of the photos that we might be referencing in these episodes, feel free to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at all the nopes podcast so yeah check us out on instagram and facebook at all the nopes podcast and um that's pretty much it or if you have a spooky story or a crazy story that has happened to you that is true crime or paranormal related please we have a form on our uh, website Go fill it out and send us your information. We'd yeah. love to hear it. So you can fill that out at lostwoodstudios.com and there's a little like contact page. Or you can send us a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Or you can send an email to us at atnpodcast at lostwoodstudios.com. Again, that's atnpodcast at lostwoodstudios.com. Sound good, Luna? Yep. All right. Good. Well, that's our episode. That's all we've got. That's all we've got. We love you. Oh, my God. I'm not going to say this every time. This isn't a thing. No. Goodbye. Don't say you love them. Say something else. Say you appreciate them or you love the world. I love them. I love you. (sighs) Listener. Uh, I love you. Oh, my God. You're so creepy. Why? So creepy. I don't care. You're going to say I love you after every episode? I love them. What did, do you remember that time we were out to dinner and that man sat down he had a with a camera? Nick I turns to me and goes, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Man after my own heart. Whatever. Oh, God. All right. We love you. Uh, oh, we love you. Goodbye. Bye.